0: Welcome to A Message of Grace. In today's message, Pastor Bruce Gellhorn asks the question, Why can't we have a team only of quarterbacks? And then he asks, Why is a church any different than a football team? Let's listen.
1: Our first reading today is from the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. You've heard the story, The Journey of the Israelite People, of how they were overrun by the Assyrians and the Babylonians and they were taken into exile and how under King Cyrus of Persia, because the Persians overran the Babylonians, has allowed them to return home. And they are attempting to rebuild their country, their city, and they are attempting to rebuild the temple. Now, you will hear of Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra is the priest. And so the priest brings together the books of God, the Word of God, and creates what they have as the Bible of their day. And Nehemiah is the governor. So the governor is also very instrumental in leading people back to faith, because he is a person of faith. And so today, you will hear a reading that takes place in the village square from Ezra. So we have Nehemiah and Ezra leading people back to faith, leading people to the rebuilding of the temple. So something to chew on over this next week. Who are the Nehemiahs and Ezra's in your life that lead you to faith or lead you back to faith? Let us listen.
0: A reading from Nehemiah. All the people of Israel gathered together into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read it from facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground, so they read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. They gave the sense, so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
1: In the first century A.D., the church grew and expanded. And the Apostle Paul was one of the greatest missionaries ever. Going on many missionary journeys. And Paul's pattern was he would go into a town or a city. And he would gather people and he would tell them about Christ and all that Christ had done for them. And he would start a church. And when that church was kind of up and running, he would leave. And go on to another city or another town and start yet another community of faith. But people being people what would happen is a pinch point or a conflict would percolate up in the church and they would write Paul a letter and Paul would write them a letter back how to uh, deal with that issue. We're reading from Corinthians today and there's lots of problems in this church in Corinth and lots of issues. One of the issues is that they aren't pulling together. That some people, because they have certain spiritual gifts, are making others feel like they are less than, or their gifts aren't that important. And so Paul lifts up for them the image of the body. And the body has many different parts and many different members, each with a specific responsibility for the building up of the body. And we as children of God have been given gifts for the building up of the church. Let us listen.
0: A reading from 1 Corinthians. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves are free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many if the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. That would not make it any less... And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body. But the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but strive for the greater gifts. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The
1: Holy Gospel according to the fourth chapter of St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee. And a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. And he began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everybody. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Once upon a time, there was a gym teacher at a high school, and uh, this particular high school didn't have a football team. So the gym teacher put out the announcement, anybody who wanted to try out or create this football team to come to the gym, and a lot of people showed up, and he was watching them, and and most of them could throw good passes, long bombs, short uh, bullet passes. And so the coach gathers them all together and says, okay, we need to create a team, you know, uh, who wants to be a receiver? And nobody put their hands up. Uh, we need somebody to protect the quarterback. Who, who wants to be a blocker? Nobody put their hands up. Uh, and then the coach said, well, you know, who, who wants to be the quarterback? They all put their hands up. So he said, no, wait a, wait, wait a minute. We can't have a team only of quarterbacks. We need a team with a lot of different players because there's a lot of different positions. We need someone to actually catch the passes to run. We need someone to hold the ball and run with it. We need someone to be defense and uh, to, to attack the other team's quarterback. We need someone to protect our quarterback, okay? We need to have all these positions so that we can have a good team. Okay, who wants to be a receiver? No hands went up. Who wants to protect the quarterback? No hands went up. Who wants to be the quarterback? Everybody's hand went up. Well, Paul was not building a football team with his letter to the Corinthians. He was building a church. And many in this church thought that they were spiritually superior to others in the church. That their gifts were more important than other people's gifts, and so they were superior. The first verse in the reading for today that Gavin read, For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. It's a common, very understandable analogy, is it not, to use the image and the example of our bodies with different parts for different functions for the building up of the whole, for the building up of the church. Bodies need eyes. Bodies need ears. Bodies need noses and hands and feet and mouths to carry on with all the functions that bodies need to do. These words of Paul are, on one hand, words of encouragement to those who are feeling like they are less than. There were those in that church who were being made to feel like they were less than, like they were not needed. And so his words are words of encouragement to those who feel less than because they could not perform the functions of the hand, and so on and so forth. Paul says that does not put you outside the body. The body needs all the parts to function. Another type of separation that he refers to here is the I cannot say to the hand I don't need you. So yeah, sometimes in the church we have people in the church telling people they we don't need you. This type of separation occurs when we try to get rid of weaker members. Cut out the deadwood, so to speak. We hear that from time to time. Once upon a time there was a convention it was an ear convention. A convention of ears. And they were gathering in this great lecture hall to listen to a speaker and they were waiting for the speaker to arise. Well, some eyes and some noses snuck into the back row. And the sergeant at arms got them and said, okay, this is a convention for ears. All you eyes and noses, out of here. Well, Before the speaker arrived, a fire broke out, and the fire began to rage and roar to the point where all the ears perished, because there was no one to see the fire, no one to smell the fire, and to warn the ears to get out of there. We need each other. We need each other for this body that we call Grace Lutheran Church to function. We need you. We need your giftedness. There are a lot of good things going on in and through our church. There's a lot of good things going on in and through our church in this community and beyond. We rattle through the lists from time to time. The food bank at Trinity and the list goes on and on of good things that we are doing. There's a lot of good things our church supports financially. Luther Village, the Urban Nest, and that list goes on and on too. There's a lot of good program, uh, community programs that use our building. So having a good building is part of the being the body of Christ too. A solid, functional, well-maintained body. Over the last hundred years, I'm not 100 years old. But I have noticed some significant shifts in the church, in society. Some significant shifts, shifts, and you don't have it yet, but in the AGM report, in my report to the congregation, I outline some of those shifts that I've seen taking place that has led much to the decline of Christendom, that's led to the decline of the church in our day. One of the shifts that we have seen is from a day and age where one parent worked outside the home and one parent stayed and worked inside the home. That shift has taken place to where both parents work outside the home. But the laundry still needs to be done, the groceries need to be bought, the house still needs to be cleaned, and what's resulted in is families have less volunteer hours than they did years ago less volunteer hours for church for community and for other things simply because they're busy here at grace lutheran we have something called service groups now this is for the inward machinery of grace to keep things greased and running smoothly in terms of setting up for communion, in terms of greeting, in terms of coffee and refreshments, in terms of reading the scriptures in the church. Service groups organized to keep things running smoothly. Quite a few years back, when I first came here, there was actually 24 groups. And so people served once every two months. And back in those days, the thinking was that we could move people from Marginal activity did a greater activity if we got them on a service group. But what was happening to our captains is when they'd phone these people, they'd get a lot of nose and sometimes they'd get an earful, and it was very uh, it dragged them down. So we shift shifted to twelve teams, one team each month, of managing these details. Now our coordinator of volunteers, Carla, she is captain for four months out of the year. And from what I understand, next year, she's probably looking at being captain for five months. We have all been given gifts. Now, a couple of years ago, we went through a very, very difficult time in our church. Difficult meetings, difficult time because of finances, and we ended up going from a two-pastor model for ministry to a one-pastor model for ministry And people stood up in the mics in the aisleways, and what did they say? Why are we paying everybody to do all this work? Let's get more volunteers. Yeah, right. The reality is we're getting less and less volunteers. And this is not only true for service groups. It's true for Sunday school teachers and participants. And man, being on the nominating committee, that's a fun job. Those on the front lines asking people to do stuff. My first parish, I had a two point parish, Yellowgrass and Lang. And uh, in Lang, small church, average attendance about 32 each Sunday. Yellowgrass, average attendance was about 75 per Sunday. And, and Lang, 32 people. Their council was bigger than our council. They had three trustees, three elders, three deacons, and a president, and a treasurer, and a secretary bigger than our council. 32 people on Sunday. We had less trouble getting people to serve on council than we do here. And it wasn't just a reshuffling of the deck every year, there was always people coming in and people going out. And the same story at Yellowgrass. There's been a shift in the amount of hours available volunteering from families once upon a time there was a woman looked outside of her house and a city truck pulled up and there in the boulevard they dug a hole and that truck drove away and then another truck drove up parked in front of the hole for a little while and then it drove away and then a third truck drove out drove up and some workers jumped off the truck and filled the hole in And they went a little further down the boulevard, did the same thing over and over again, and she thought, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So she goes out there, she knocks on one of the trucks and asks the person what's going on. And he said, oh, it's an urban beautification project. She went, what? How can it be an urban beautification project if you dig a hole, and then they come and fill it in? And the worker said, oh, oh, oh. Well, yeah, that group digs a hole, and then the next truck, you know, and then we fill the hole in. But in the truck in the middle, uh, the guy who usually plants the trees is on vacation this week. If you're not here using your gift, there's a hole. There's a hole. On this day, we have people who feel called to be choir members, people who feel called to teach Sunday school, to work on council, committees, to work in service groups. And I'm just talking about our in-house stuff. There's people who feel called to work at food banks and the list goes on and on. But on this day, look inside your heart and mind and pray. Pray to God asking what God is calling you to do and what your gifts for ministry are. Pray for the work of our church our ministry and our faith and our life would be strong. Because if it's like that movie Bird Box. And we're driving around with no eyes to see. It's a recipe for disaster. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to A Message of Grace. If you would like more information on our congregation and how we can be of service to you, please visit our website at www.gracelutheran.ca or check us out on Facebook. Peace be with you.